This month's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com, home to over 180,000 audiobook titles for you to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. That includes... Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard. I've listened to the audiobook. It's fantastic. And actually, this last week, I also listened to Glass Sword, the sequel to Red Queen. Um, both great books. We're going to be talking about them in the next episode of Bookstacked. So if you want to catch up on one of the most popular YA titles right now, Red Queen by Victoria Aveyard and Glass Sword, its sequel, you can get them right now for free at audible.com when you start a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You're listening to Bookmarks, the Young Adult Book Podcast brought to you by Bookstacked.com. This is episode 12, and episode 12 is all about Ascendance, but mostly Harry Potter. We've got all of that and more coming up in just a few minutes, so stay with us. somehow make some weird noise because <laughs> I couldn't leave him outside today. <laughs> it's all good. I, I apologize too if like I cut out because like last time we tried this was the last time, right? I cut out like two or three times. Yeah. And I was doing a like web seminar thing for an online class and I also cut out there. So I think oh. there's something up with my uh, internet connection. <laughs> if that's the case, just like continue and pretend that was <laughs> you guys can just take over the show <laughs> no not really I'll try to come back but <laughs> um, anyway hopefully that doesn't happen uh, but yeah let's go ahead and start so let's start by introducing everybody who, who's here today my name's Saul from bookstack.com and we've also got three other bookstack writers uh, first we have Addie hey guys and then Christy. Hey, guys. And Mary. Hello. So everybody's been on the show. <laughs> I feel like just about everybody who's written for the site has actually appeared on the show now. Almost. There's still a few people who are holding out, but anyway. Um, before we move on, just wanted to say, if you like the show, please go on iTunes and subscribe, and also rate and review it. Um, when you do that, it actually helps people find the show. Um, because obviously the higher rated shows end up getting more, uh, end up being listed higher up. And so when you do that, it'll really help us out and it'll really help us kind of continue the show. Um, we wanted to say thank you to everybody who's actually listened to the show. We were looking at the uh, statistics the other day and, I mean, the show's not like huge, right? We're not like on serial level or anything. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, still, like the fact that so many people have actually listened and tuned in is awesome. And, uh, yeah, just thank you for, for listening and 
yeah, not having us talk into the void, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, today we are going to talk about two things. Um, primarily Ascendant or Allegiant. We've already done a couple episodes on Allegiant. That's how <laughs> ridiculous this whole thing is. Um, so we're doing another one uh, because there was some big news about that. Uh, this last week, and then we're also going to talk about Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which was like the really huge news story in the book world. Um, but before we do that, let's go ahead and start off. Um, we did this before. I'm going to try and kind of do this again in the future to kind of keep some consistency, but just kind of go around and ask, like, what is everybody reading right now? Um, since we are a book podcast, we should probably talk a little bit about books. I'm reading Glass Ward by Victoria Aveyard. And I'm really liking it. I'm like about halfway done, so yeah, it's good so far. It kind of started off slow. Well, no, the beginning was really exciting, but then it started slowing down. But now it's starting to pick back up, so mm-hmm. getting good. I actually just finished that one yesterday, so <laughs> uh, I liked it. It was good. Um, what about you, Mary? Um, I'm in the middle of. Landline by Rainbow Rowell and um, Winter by Marissa Meyer from the Lunar Chronicles series. It it's kind of like Winter goes is like kind of slow in the beginning, but like I'm really enjoying that. And Landline, I really love um, Rainbow Rowell, so uh, it's going good so far. I read Rainbow Rowell's Fangirl, and that oh, was like I one of the that. that's one of the best books I've ever read. Oh yeah. Definitely. Super good. Uh, what about you, Addie? Well, it's not really like a YA book kind of thing. It's more like a, it's a memoir. It's called You're Never Weird on the Internet Almost by Felicia Day. Oh, awesome. I think I've heard of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty funny book. She's really big in like the nerdy, geeky culture, I think. Yeah, she's huge. I got to meet her at the book signing for this, and I was kind of just like... Kind of like starstruck a little, which is kind of weird, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's, a good, it's a good read. It makes you think about, you know, a lot of people think that they're weird or whatever that, because, you know, we read a lot or, you know, you don't do like parties and stuff like that, but I don't know. It's really good. I like it. I saw her web series. It was like The Guild or something, uh-huh. I think is what it was called. Yeah. So yeah, that one was pretty funny. That's all I really know her from, though, other than that. I'm sure, I know she's done other things, like written a book, but <laughs> she's apart been on from Buffy. that's all I know. She's been on Buffy, I believe. She's been on Supernatural. Oh. Runs yeah, her, I remember uh, She runs her own TV, like, online channel. I think it's called Geek and Sundry. Yeah. For me, like I just said, I finished reading Glass Sword, and now I'm reading uh, Beyond the Red by... Ava Page. No, Jay. Ava Page is the villain in Maze Runner. Sorry. <laughs> like, I don't think that's uh, Ava Jay, she's a YouTuber, and she talks about writing, and I've watched her videos for a long time, and then I saw that she actually got a book deal, and her book's coming out in March, and so I contacted uh, her agent and was like, hey, can I get an advanced reader's copy? And so now I'm reading it. So hopefully... Uh, We'll see how it goes. I hope, I'm hoping to finish that this week because then um, Brandon Sanderson's Calamity is coming out. I don't know. Have you guys read any of Brandon Sanderson? No, I haven't. 
Okay, but he's like my new favorite author. I'm a little biased because he's my writing professor right now. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he he'd become one of my favorite authors before I got into the class anyway. But anyway, like, yeah, he's written Mistborn, a super, super good book. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. And then he did Steelheart, which has gotten really big recently. So um, let's go ahead and start then um, Ascendant. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, I guess we could talk about what actually happened. So <laughs> Robert Schwenke, is that how you pronounce his name? I think. I think. I don't know. The Probably. the director of he he directed Insurgent. So the first was Neil Berger. Um, this is another funny name. And <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you had Robert Schwenke, and he did um Insurgent, and he was signed on to do Allegiant Part One and Part Two, which is now Ascendant and or Allegiant and then Ascendant. But he's apparently dropped out for the very last one, Allegiant Part Two, which is Ascendant. Um, what do you guys make of this? I'm sorry. I I just saw the the article and like your picture of Tris is unimpressed by this news. <laughs> that was that was Michael who did that. So <laughs> I did tell him I did tell him he should put up a picture of a disappointed Tris. But yeah, I I mean, is that how you feel, Addie? I don't like. Well, I mean, that's kind of how I felt since I saw Insurgent for the rest of the film series, but I don't know, it kind of feels like, I I don't know, I mean, this might just be me reading too much into it, but it feels like maybe, you know, he saw maybe the flack or, you know, the the discontent that fans of the books have made about the movie, about the movies, and he's like, I don't want to take the flack for the last movie, and kind of wants to, like, you know, not get the blame for it, maybe, or he just wants to, like, have nothing to do with whatever might happen, good or bad, with Ascendant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I don't know, it's kind of crazy how he just dropped out. I think it's cra- crazy, but I think it's going to be interesting, too, to see like how part one and part two are going to be different from each other because of the different directors. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The weird thing to me is, like, like okay, we saw in Insurgent that it really took a radical change. It, it went in a really different direction from the book, but still not, like, like, it was different from the book, obviously, but at the same time, it was still kind of true to the book, at least in general, very general terms. It's It wasn't like Scorch Trials was, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but... It was still very different, and everything we're seeing in Allegiant is that it is a lot like Scorch Trials. It's just, like, insanely different, right? Mm-hmm. You got these this weird science fiction. It's almost like people always say that it's like they, they look like they're on Mars, and it really does look like they're on Mars. And so he's the one who really changed it. I, I mean, in my mind, he must be the one who, who really kind mm-hmm. of brought about that change, or if he wasn't the one, he, he had a key role in that. And so it's really weird that he would do that and then all of a sudden just drop it. Because now that means somebody else has to come in and try and take Work. the vision that he came up with. Does, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it kind of sounds weird because, I mean, it kind of, kind of sounds um, iffy because, I mean, when Gary Ross, who was the first direct, the director for the first um, Hunger Games movie, he wasn't returning for Catching Fire. He gave his reasons, you know, being that, that he didn't feel like he had enough time to write, you know, the script. 
and here uh, the director has for Allegiant and Ascendant has given no reason whatsoever. Mm -hmm. so it sounds like he doesn't want to get the flack if you know this goes downwards. He's very quiet too, right? Like <laughs> uh, Neil Berger, I think wasn't he on Twitter and stuff, and he was kind of interacting with the fans. Um, am I making that up? Or <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we heard him talk a lot more. Like we'd hear interviews with him and he'd interact yeah. more. And I don't hear anything at all from this guy. Nothing at all. Maybe he's like nervous of how the like fans took it and like just decided to like stay quiet for a little while until it kind of like blew over. That's possible. Which kinda of leads me to my next question, like do you think, I mean, based off of everything we've seen of Allegiant so far, we're a month away, right? It's It comes out in March, More so like, yeah. really soon. And, um, like, how do you think people are going to take it? Is this going to be well-received by the fans? No. <laughs> I got it. Just looking from the trailer, it's like, uh, this does not look good. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I know I'm going to go see it. I'm gonna, probably going to go see Ascendant as well just to finish off the series. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I'm going to go to the cheap movie theater where I'm going to waste $6. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm 90% sure I'm not going to, you know, fully enjoy the movie as, you know, if it had been as true to the book as it should have been. But mm-hmm. I don't think many fans are going to react well to it. I think people might just go to see, you know, well, what happens. Yeah. Yeah. One of the interesting things I've heard, like, from my roommates, I feel like I mentioned this before, I don't know, but, like, when the first Allegiant trailer came out, I was watching it, and just, like, what the heck was going on? (laughs) Um, But my roommates were there, too, and they had, like, I feel like everybody's basically seen the first Divergent movie, and after that, a lot of people either continued watching Insurgent or they just didn't care anymore. So, like, my roommates were the they were the type that they saw the first movie and then they didn't bother to watch the rest because they thought it was kind of dumb. But then they saw this trailer to Allegiant and they were like, that actually looks cool, maybe I'll go. <laughs> I'm like, they haven't read the books or anything. So I don't know, it's just kind of, I don't know what to make of that. It's just kind of weird. I'm also wondering, too, like, how do you think Veronica Roth is taking all of this, right? Is she... Because maybe we've talked about this before, because like I said, we've done like two or three episodes now on <laughs> talking about Allegiant, but um, she, I don't feel like she's like as excited about the movies as she used to be. Yeah. No, I, I remember at the last podcast I said this, and it sounded really weird because she's still alive, but she's probably like rolling in her bed, like... <laughs> <laughs> like be like a human burrito, like, just, like <laughs> Oh my gosh, we need to like turn that into an image, just a burrito with Veronica Ross. <laughs> I, I actually have it's like a, I, I found it on Twitter. It's just like I'm a burrito of sadness, and that's like Veronica is right now. Like, her, like, her dog. <laughs> In Chicago. Oh, that's great. No, I mean, uh, no, I was just saying that, you know, she's probably, like, in her room, like, in, like at her apartment in Chicago, being a burrito of sadness with her dog. <laughs> just wondering what happened. Uh, I think, like, for me, that's one of the uh, terrifying things. Like, I mean, I really like to write and stuff, um, but the idea that, like, once you sell your book off, 
to like these studios, you have just no control of what's going to happen. That's like that's terrifying to me. I don't know. I have to agree. Yeah. That's and I think that's just like it's like you're handing over like a life's work or something that that mean that's really meaningful to you and then just you know, then you suddenly have no control over it. Well and then too, like, are you obligated to like it <laughs> when it comes out? No. <laughs> Just because it's your work doesn't necessarily mean you have to like it, especially if they, like, kind of murdered the plot. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like she might have gone, like, you know, I think with, you know, Divergent, you know, the, uh, the, the studios were like, yeah, you know, we're going to keep being you know, as true to the book as possible, you know. They more or less were for Divergent, and I guess she kind of felt that they were going to go, like, along the same, lo- in the same direction with Insurgent, and then they just went left instead of right. She was just like, what happened? Yeah. Well, I've been... So, I mean, I guess the next natural question is who will replace him? Who is going to finish it off? Do you guys... I know Michael was kind of asking that question when he was writing the article. Um, Who would you guys, I guess... I mean, it's impossible to really guess who's going to do it, but who would you guys like to see take over? I don't know. Like, hopefully someone good. Yeah. Francis Lawrence. That's yeah. who I was thinking. dystopian worlds. Yeah. Well, the thing is, he's already got a, a relationship with Lionsgate because he did all of uh, the Hunger Games, right? Yeah. yeah. He did a pretty well. I, he did a really he, he did a really good yeah. job. Um, and so it, it, he would seem like a natural choice, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was just joking about that. I honestly have no idea who. The other direct, the other director, you know, who did a book totally adaptation that comes to mind is um, Twilight Lady. Catherine Hardwick. Oh, horrible! Oh, don't. That was horrible. So (laughs) that first one was like awful. It was just horrid. Oh yeah. It did really well though, beyond all odds. (laughs) Yeah. It was Twilight, but the like. Director was just like horrid. <laughs> that was yeah. like no. Well, who came in after her? There were like a few different. Yeah, yeah. and they got better more or less. Yeah. Until yeah. the last one, and then things <laughs> went off the cliff, and I was like, "What just happened?" I finally <laughs> saw that one a few months ago because I hadn't seen it. Uh, um, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> Um, but yeah, for me, like, the very first person that came to my mind was Francis Lawrence. Maybe just because he's already tied to Lionsgate. He's already done YA dystopia. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not really expecting a lot to come out of the next two movies, no matter what, anyway. Um, so, I mean, that's, like, terrible, and I don't mean to be, like, bashing on Divergent and stuff, but I don't know. I really kind of lost interest in the series, if I'm being completely honest. Um, I know, so have I. Yeah. I didn't even see Insurgent, so like... It's worth watching, I don't know. I liked it better the second time I saw it. Okay, um, I think I might have found why Robert Schwenke uh, decided to drop Ascendant. Uh-huh. Um, I think this is, a source, this is from The Hollywood Reporter, and it came out um, on the 9th, which is what, uh, like, it came out on Tuesday. So the source says the director needed a break after doing two films back-to-back and wanted to spend more time with his family in L.A. rather than go back to Atlanta, which is, I guess, where there were um, 
where production is uh, scheduled to start this summer for Ascendant. So we've been bashing on it the whole time, and really he just wants to be a good father. (laughs) (laughs) Before, I'm just saying, I mean, we didn't know anything, and, like, it's been really, like, quiet. And it it wasn't, like, the first Google result that came up, so... (laughs) No, it's all good. Thanks for finding out for us, right? What? (laughs) We're like, he can't handle the negativity. He's <laughs> <laughs> supposed to be a good father. This is just our thoughts. That doesn't mean we're right. <laughs> Nobody well, thought to Google it before now. <laughs> well, good for him, you know. Yeah. Summit, have to find a replacement for him fast because, you know, the, the as of now, release date for Ascendant is June 9th of next year. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, huh. So we'll probably hear something very soon. I mean, probably in the next month or two, I'd imagine. Yeah, have to. Well, I mean, and it would make sense for them to release the name around the time that the new movie's coming out, too, just for all the publicity and attention that's going to be getting. So, yeah, my bet is in the next month or so we're going to find out who's going to take over. Well, definitely some interesting developments um, (laughs) as far as Divergent goes. We'll We'll keep following the news, of course, but... um. This movie, or these two movies, they've really taken everyone for a loop. (laughs) Yeah. We just wanted to pause here to let you know that Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial to bookmarked listeners. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. When you get there, you can sign up for a free 30-day trial. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose from, and they play on your iPhone, your Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Um, One thing that nobody ever talks about is WhisperSync for Audible and Kindle. What that basically means is you can be reading a book on Kindle and then open up Audible and listen to the audiobook, and it'll start exactly where you left off in your Kindle book, and vice versa. It's a really easy and convenient way to read books, and... You can get your free audiobook at, again, www.audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. If we had to make a recommendation, we would say Red Queen and Glass Sword by Victoria Aveyard. You can get one of those books for free when you sign up for the 30-day free trial. Uh, We're going to actually be talking about those books in the next episode, so now would be a fantastic time to sort of catch up on what was the most popular YA book of last year. Um, Again, that's Red Queen and Glass Sword by Victoria Aveyard, and you can get them at audibletrial.com slash bookstacked. Um, Let's move on to the thing that everybody is super excited to talk about. Um, The internet exploded with the announcement um, of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. The fact that the script is going to be published in a book. Um, We obviously knew for a while that uh, Cursed Child was happening. I think we've known for at least like two years or so that they were doing a Harry Potter play. And then we found out last year, not too long ago, what that play was about and that it was a sequel to the original series. And now we're finding out that everybody is going to be able to read the book or read the script. Yeah, um, I, think, I think we should make that, that clarification because yeah. Jake was very adamant about that. It is not a book. It is yeah. a book. And to be fair, I think most people that I, uh, or most articles for once that I actually read, um, they made that distinction pretty clear, right? So, I mean, it's a book in the sense that it's being binded in a book, but it's not a novel. Yeah, it's basically mm-hmm. like a script in, like, with a hardcover. Yeah. 
essentially, is what I'm understanding. And from what I'm looking at um, right now on the BBC page, the entertainment page, it's already a bestseller. <laughs> it is number one on Amazon.com. On Amazon. Buy that. Really. On Amazon and uh, Waterstones, just a book chain in the UK, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's already number one, and it's going to be, I mean, no doubt it's going to be at the top of New York Times bestsellers uh, yeah. the day it comes out. Yeah. I asked I asked Brandon Sanderson about this in the class, and <laughs> he said that pre-orders count as first-day sales, so, like, it's going to be, um, I mean, it's going to be huge. Anything yeah. that J.K. releases or anything that's Harry Potter-related is going to shoot up. Yeah. Sorry. So July 31st is when it will be released, which is the day after the play debuts on stage in London. Mm-hmm. Now that's on a Sunday, which is just interesting because usually um, books come out on Tuesdays, but I think they're making a special exception for Harry Potter. I think, yeah. Haven't all Harry Potter books been released like in, like the last week of July, though, because it's Harry's birthday or it's J.K.'s birthday? Yeah, it seems like it. And that, And this time it is like exactly on their birthday. Mm-hmm. But normally it's been like on a Saturday, I feel like. Like they were released on Saturdays and the parties happened on Fridays. Mm-hmm. So I'm just mentioning it because I know like all the stores around where I live are going to be closed because nobody goes shopping on Sunday. <laughs> so I'm really bummed actually about this. Um, but I'll at least be able to be there in spirit with them. Um, well, I think if you order it on Amazon, release. I think if you order on Amazon, they'll deliver it to you. I know, but I'm thinking more of the release parties because they're going to be release parties. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume that too. Did you guys ever like go to those? No, my no. mother never let me go to anything. I, I went to one, and it it was kind of like a release party where I just like stood in line. Um, there were like no activities or anything. I just like stood in line with my sister um, at the Walmart near our grandma's house. Um, what? No. <laughs> what? You guys missed out. <laughs> okay. Oh man. I had a, I had a sad uh, Harry Potter childhood. I did not see <laughs> any Harry Potter movies in theaters until like the fifth one. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. My mom never let me do anything, which is why I got so like went like head I dope like down the deep end when Hunger Games came out. I'm like I'm doing everything. <laughs> And now I'm like I'm like debating whether or not I should get like a a season pass to go to Harry Potter World here in Hollywood. I'm oh my so gosh, here. I'm heading over there. Yeah, that's in just a couple months. Okay, we're getting so sidetracked. This is what <laughs> Harry, <Potter> is. <laughs> Harry Potter World sucks as all. <laughs> but no, seriously, like okay, if you guys get a chance to go to a release party, if it's a good one, like you should. Definitely go. The night that Deathly Hallows came out, I went party hopping. I went to like three different <laughs> libraries, and then I went to Borders, and then I went to Barnes and Noble, and I went and did all their activities and everything. And it was like, I mean, you have friends with you too, and so it was just the funnest thing in the entire world. I never got to do any of that, <laughs> <laughs> which makes me sad. <laughs> but um, okay, let's try to try and bring some order to this discussion. That's right. <laughs> um, what did, or what are your guys's, I mean, I think we're all excited already, so I don't want to just ask, what, are you guys excited for this? Obviously, I think we're all excited. Um, but how do you feel about this? Like, I don't know, like, how do you feel about the idea of there being an eighth Harry Potter story? 
I don't know. I mean, I think I'm excited because it is Harry Potter, and, you know, it's a little bit more. I know we're always, as Harry Potter fans, we're always wanting more from this, you know, immense world that JK's made up for us. But, um, I mean, it'll be weird reading it, you know, with stage directions and the dialogue. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I, I mean, I'm going to enjoy it regardless, but it'll just be really a bit weird reading, you know, stage, you know, so-and-so goes stage right, and so-and-so falls <laughs> stage left. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting. I'm excited, of course, but, I mean, because it's when they are older, so I think that'll be kind of cool to see how they are now. I really like it. Like, I agree with Addie about how we're always wanting more, um, and the script, it, it's going to be weird to read it in script form because, like, I don't like reading scripts. I like reading, like, prose. But uh, I'm just really excited to, like, kind of dive back into that Harry Potter world, no matter if it's in script form or whatever. <laughs> yeah, for me, that's... I think I'm mostly excited, but I'm also very nervous. <laughs> um, because, I don't know, like, in my mind, a good story always has, like, an ending. And Harry Potter has always been that perfect series to me. And because, I mean, it was all leading towards something and it ended beautifully, like in my opinion. It's just a perfect book series. And, um, but you look at other things, you especially see it in movies, like, I don't know, Pirates of the Caribbean is always my go-to example, where they had an idea and then they just kept going. <laughs> they didn't have an ending in mind. And they just ruined the whole thing. And so, like, I don't know, I... I'm, like, nervous at the fact that there's going to be more beyond the ending because book seven was supposed to be the end, right? Yeah. And so the other part is that she created the story, from what I understand, but she mm -hmm. didn't necessarily write it. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong there? Is that how it... I think I th that's how it went because there are, like, two script writers or something for this yeah. story. Yeah. I'm still on the BBC page, and it says, The play sees Harry as a father and an overworked Ministry of, Ma of Magic employee. The script is from an original news story by J.K. Rowling, Jack Thorne, and John Tiffany. Yeah, and, like, just going back, um, trying to think back a couple years ago, it seems like it wasn't even her original idea to do a, a play. Like, I, I might be making this up, but it seems like a couple years ago when they announced it, that she had been pitched to do the play and she came around to actually wanting to do it, right? So it doesn't it just doesn't sound like it was a natural decision. I, I don't know. So just those couple of details kind of make me a little nervous about about the play. But I hope it's amazing. Like if it's amazing and great, then everything's gonna be great, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I remember when I heard that the it was coming out, I was like, I was kind of excited, but then I was like, I mean, I, I don't know, I always had this idea that I would rather, you know, have like this encyclopedia of the Harry Potter world than, you know, an eighth story, an eighth book. But, you know, I'll take what I can get. <laughs> well, that's kind of what Pottermore has become. Yeah, but um, yeah. I prefer, like, in a book form, though. And I, I think the, she's had the idea for, for a while. And, you know, 10, 20 years' time, it'll eventually be released. 
But... Well, I remember back in 2007, 2008, she had talked about possibly doing it immediately following. Because um, I was such a huge Harry Potter nerd. I Anyway, um, so like I would always read all the interviews that came out with her. And um, I still am a huge Harry Potter nerd. Um, but uh, it seems like she had said that she would consider doing an encyclopedia, but it might take like 10 or more years. And next year is 10 years. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about Chris Child. I don't know what else to say about that. Do you guys have anything else you want to add there? I mean, I think it's a good... Um... And it's a good way, you know, for, you know, the millions of fans, you know, who, you know, won't be able to go to London and see the play on stage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it's a good way, you know. I mean, at least, you know, if we can't see it, you know, we can more or less visualize it in a way. I don't know. I, I don't think this, it's ever been done before. Like a uh, continuation of a book series in a play? No, no, like a play. Well, yeah, that too. And like a like a like the script of a play oh, okay. into book format. It's usually, you know, like a book becoming a play, like Wicked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A book and then it became a play. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of in reverse. So I don't think that's really ever been done, well, you know, with like a major franchise, so to speak. Mm-hmm. No, that's a good point. And, I mean, it brings up, like, interesting questions, too. Like, I mean, especially since it's Harry Potter, right? Do you think that this could possibly become a movie and a ninth harry potter movie no 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 why not i don't know i I think it would be like pushing it because i mean we're already going you know with uh fantastic beasts and you're expanding and it feels like you know the the seven harry potter books were stretched out just enough and then if you add this eighth, like, you try to, like, tag this eighth one on to the end, it's like you're stretching it way too thin and trying, and it's, I don't know, it just feels like it would be trying way too hard. Mm-hmm. And it would sort of kind of not ruin it, but change the, the way the movies end, the, the series ended in a weird way. It would feel, it would just feel, like, not incomplete, but just odd. Like, it doesn't fit quite right. I see what you're saying. But at the same time... I don't know if, like, Warner Brothers cares. <laughs> right? Like, I think anything they... If they can make money off of it, they're going to. I mean, look at, like... Pe- they're talking about doing, like, Hunger Games spinoffs, right? Um, oh, because yeah. Lionsgate doesn't want to let go of Hunger Games. So, I don't know. I could s- still, at the same time, see Warner Brothers doing it. I don't think if they did, that though, it would be anytime soon. Like, I think they would want to run... Let Fantastic Beasts run its course... And then possibly consider after that doing a uh, a movie based on the play. Mm-hmm. And the one thing about the play is it's written for performance, right? So it yeah. would be a lot easier to adapt, presumably, um, to adapt into a movie. Although they might do it in two parts because the play is already part one and part two. Which <laughs> <laughs> is really odd when you think about it. <laughs> but that just makes you wonder, too, like how big is this play, right? Because at least, like, some of the, um, or the story, right? Because some of the promotion I've seen, it's calling it epic, right? And when I think epic, I'm thinking, like, Deathly Hallows, large battle for for Hogwarts. What, what is, (laughs) what is going to be going on in this play, right? (laughs) Yeah. Does it take place, like, in the Ministry of Magic or something? Like, are these, like, magical cubicles, like, that um, awesome, like, some epic paperwork gonna be happening? (laughs) <laughs> the workers well, 
We know that Harry's an R, right? Yeah. So he's probably gonna be chasing down bad guys. But um <laughs> I don't know. What are you what do you guys kind of expect to come out of this storyline? Do you have any, I guess, theories? I mean what we know so far is that it's going to focus on Harry trying to I guess let go of his past. Um and then it's gonna focus on his son as well, who's trying to like who's struggling with being Harry Potter's son. But I don't know, are there like things you guys are hoping to see or questions you have that you want answered? Um, I have no idea. No. <laughs> I agree that it ended so in such a good way that I don't really have too many questions, you know. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah, or also I'm I'm just going to put this out for uh I'm, I'm I have a bunch of articles about the play and about what JKS said about the play so in case you know the our listeners don't know you know what the play is more or less about. Yeah. It's basically uh it will tell the untold part of the boy wizard story, including the story of the lives of his murdered parents. But J.K. Rowling wants to make clear that it's not a prequel. Mm-hmm. We could also read the uh, a synopsis if you want. Do you have it open? Uh, no, I'm just looking at stuff that the BBC is giving. I'll go, ahead, I'll go ahead and do it. I'll just read the synopsis. This is this is the official synopsis of the play. It was always difficult being Harry Potter, and it wasn't, and it isn't much easier now that he is an overworked employee of the Ministry of Magic, a husband and father of three school-aged children. While Harry grapples with a past that refuses to stay where it belongs, his youngest son Albus must struggle with the weight of a family legacy he never wanted. As past and present fuse ominously, both father and son learn the uncomfortable truth. Sometimes darkness comes from unexpected places. That's what it's about. I don't know. It says darkness comes from unexpected places. Like, what does that mean? I don't... I feel, I mean, just from going off, I mean, off the synopsis, it's like, I feel like, you know, maybe Albus is going to go to some, like, weird rebellion stage because, you know, he has the names of all of these, you know you know, very important wizards, you know, who fought, you know, against Voldemort. So, you know, maybe she's like, I don't want this. He's like, forget this. I'm doing my own thing. And Harry sees it as a darkness. I don't know. <laughs> it's a very rebellious 11-year-old. <laughs> never know. 11-year-olds these days. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just kind of, I mean, that's just what really hooks me there and has me questioning like unexpected places like is it something we know is it is it something linked to Voldemort that's still kind of out there or is it some sort of new threat I don't know and those are like the questions I have that I'm really interested to see like how does she fit that in mm-hmm. or they because it's not just she <laughs> <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting to see or you know to read Um. so that's obviously the really big news. There was also the announcement that they're going to be doing, um, again, <laughs> new editions of the Harry Potter books. Um, so it kind of sounded like you guys hadn't heard about these? No. Okay. Um, the first one that they announced was the Illustrated Chamber of Secrets. So that's one we expect yes! to happen. And I'm personally extremely excited about. Mary, it sounds like you're excited too. Oh my god, like, I have Sorcerer's Stone. I haven't read it yet, but just like, Flipping through it, the like art is so amazing. I just can't wait for Chamber of Secrets. <laughs> Same thing. Those books are expensive, though. I know it was like forty dollars. Yeah, it's like worth it though. It's like totally worth it, in my opinion. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I bought mine. I had actually ordered mine on Amazon for like 25 or something, and it was sold out, and I waited for like a month, and it never restocked. And so I just finally canceled my order and went to the the university bookstore over here and bought a copy. Um, but yeah, it's it's totally worth it. But I mean, I wonder like when they get to like order the Phoenix, how huge are those going to be? <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Oh yeah. I could easily see them like releasing them in volumes too. I don't know. Yeah. So you have to pay even more money. But um. <laughs> It's okay. It's Harry Potter, so I'll I'll pay all the money yeah. that's necessary. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's that was the first book that they announced. Um, that one's exciting, and that comes out in October of this year. So exactly a year after the first one, um, came out, and I believe they're doing one a year. They're yeah. releasing all seven. So, yeah. um, those ones are expected. The ones that nobody saw coming, um, were and I think this is mostly Bloomsbury. So this is happening in the UK. Uh, they're doing 20-year 20, 20 anniversary editions of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I want that. <laughs> um, one of the really interesting things that they were going to do was they're going to create four different editions of the first of Philosopher's Stone. Each one is themed as a Hogwarts house. Oh, I heard about that. Oh. Yeah. So you can get, like, a Hufflepuff version of of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Like, I'm guessing it'll be, like, the cover yeah, more than cover. anything. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw about that. That's yeah. About that. Like, in passing. I heard about that, and I was like, I'm going to get those all in Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's cool. And now I'm curious, what are you guys? I'm Eddie Gryffindor. Yeah, I was Gryffindor, too. I'm Gryffindor as well, so... <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing is, like, like, I'm not, like, super biased. Like, when I see, like, Harry Potter merch or, like, the Harry Potter books, like, I want a version that has, like, the house, like, the crest of the school, like, with all four houses, yeah. not just one, though. And it bothers me that there isn't. There's, like, so, like, very little, you know, stuff out there that has all, like, the shield with all four houses. Yeah. So, so like, when I that, saw that would be cool. books, I'm like, we need one with all the houses. Like, just... It annoys me, frustrates me. Maybe on the next reprint. years. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, this is just the UK, right? This is Bloomsbury, so That's I think... why? Because the US never does anything. Yeah. Well, the US did an anniversary one. It had Mary Grand Prix. She did a new cover, actually, and it was Harry in front of the Mirror of Erised. Oh, yeah, I saw those. That, was, that was a while back. Didn't that the might have been like the... line up to Hogwarts or something? No, I, I think... Those are the newer ones. Those are the new paperbacks. Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't like those either. <laughs> <laughs> I think they look cool. I don't have them though, and I probably won't buy them. But no, Mary Grand Prix, the one, the original artist yeah. for the uh, American that. ones. She she did do a anniversary edition. There's probably a tenth anniversary edition. That's crazy that that much time has passed. Oh This is too old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Okay, we're gonna stop talking about that. <laughs> um, the other we're not old and we all have Harry Potter. <laughs> the other uh, new additions that were coming out, um, the Hogwarts Library is apparently going to be getting new additions. So that means Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, um, Quidditch to the Ages, and Tales of Beetle the Bard. Mm-hmm. Um, supposedly, those are going to be getting 
new additions that are coming out in 2017, and they're going to include new content written by J.K. Rowling. Ooh. <laughs> don't know much more after that. I don't know. I'd really like to see the Hogwarts library expand, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I kind of want, like, like uh, a Hogwarts history. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. That would be legit, legit to have. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah. Well, see, the encyclopedia would be more about, like, each of the characters and, like, their families. Sort of, like, like you said it's all about Pottermore. I feel like Hogwarts of History would just be about Hogwarts and, like, the founders and the sorting hat and all those shenanigans. Like, how the hell did the squid get in the way? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that would be super cool. Like, those books that you hear about all the time, it'd be a lot of fun, too, to kind of get a, a Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like she could have a lot of fun and write something really, really funny. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, I guess this is just really timely because, well, I don't know. It's timely, and I would kind of think that they would want to do this actually in 2016 because there's going to be renewed interest in Fantastic Beasts mm-hmm. with the movie coming out. Well, I but, know. The, I sorry. All I was going to say is but they're doing it afterwards. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I haven't read Fantastic Beasts, but um, I was looking, you know, for the Hogwarts Library Trio thing, and they're pretty much sold out almost everywhere, and, like, just, uh, like, the trio, the three-pack, and, um, and, like, wherever they are, like, available, they're crazy expensive. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I mean, I found I found a website where, which to my very to my you know happiness, I prefer the the British version of the books to the American version. Yeah, mm-hmm. I found uh the Hogwarts Library trio um for cheap, and it includes okay. shipping. So I'm definitely gonna buy those books. There's a website you can buy the UK editions from. Yeah, that that is my that 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 is my like ultimately. Like, Thing on my bucket list, my book bucket list, is to have the British version of the Harry Potter series. You're gonna have to share that. I have Deathly Hallows and Half Blood Prince. Because <laughs> oh. I was living in Brussels a few years ago, uh, and um, there was a Waterstones there. Just it was there. I mean, it's really close to London. So I stopped in there and was able to get the original versions, not any of these new editions, but the uh, original editions of the that's UK. That's what I want. I want the original UK yeah. version. If there's a place you can buy them, then I want to know about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know I've seen them on the Waterstones website, and they're crazy expensive. But I'm still thinking it's worth it because it's the British version anyway. But for now, I just have to you know just be content with the Hogwarts Library. <laughs> I didn't realize they were like in such high demand because I remember when I bought them, like I remember at least when Tales of Beetle the Bard came out, I bought that in. Um, at Walmart for like 11 bucks. And the only reason I remember the price is because I bought a second one for my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'm just obsessed with Harry Potter, so I remember the price of the book. (laughs) I did too. My mom thought thought I was crazy when, uh, because I ordered a limited edition, a limited collector's edition of uh, Deathly Hallows, and I think I paid $40 for it. And my mom thought I was nuts. Is that the one that comes in the cool box? Yes. On the cover and the dragon? Yes. I have that one, too. I, I still have it in the Amazon box it came in. That's how- 
I have that one and Half Blood Prince. Oh, no. Like, the only one I got, like, special edition was um, Deathly Hallows. You guys were totally off topic again. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Harry Potter does. <laughs> Okay, hopefully hopefully our listeners can hear how excited we are about Harry Potter. <laughs> it's not because we're crazy, we just we're just really excited about all this Harry Potter news. Yes, very much. Um so yeah, there there are new editions coming out. Um I think that's really all there is to say about that. <laughs> uh the last thing that I just remembered that I feel like we should bring up and we could probably end on this, um, is uh the different wizarding schools were announced. Yeah. Oh, I didn't... See, like, I saw them, I didn't, like, read them, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they sound really cool. I'm personally extremely excited about them. I, um, yeah, I got excited about that, too. I got more excited about the, the, the name of the schools than the American version of Muggle. <laughs> <laughs> no <Don't> match. match. <laughs> Oh, that's just weird. I prefer Muggle. Right? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm sticking to Muggle. Yeah, because Nomad just like we're being you know, lazy Americans. Don't say no magic. <laughs> and I've grown up on Muggle too. I've like just thought, oh, everyone in the world who's right? magical is being called a Muggle. Let's just pretend that sometime in the last 90 years, the uh, terminology for Nomad has slowly shifted to Muggle in the United States. Yes. Um, but the, did you guys hear the names then? The name for the American school, at least, or the North American school, is Ilvermorny. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think about that? I think it sounds Irish. Really? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It sounds kind of weird to me. <laughs> I don't uh, know to me, it, it sounds like Silver Morning, almost. Maybe I'm just going crazy, but that's what it that's what it makes me sound that's what it sounds like to me. I don't know. I like the name. I like it too. I like the, go ahead. A little, you know, a uh, little description of each, you know, of the schools. Mm-hmm. Japan, Brazil, North America. Uh, the one in like by Bulgaria or somewhere over there. Yeah. And that's what I was just going to say, like, with all these different schools that they were, that were announced, they released a little bit of tidbit on them, except for Ilvermorny, of course, because just... You know, where were they? <laughs> no, it's probably, it's probably has something to do with the, the plot of Fantastic Beasts. Yeah. So she's probably holding on to it for a bit. But yeah, these schools sounded legit. The best one, in my opinion, was the one in Africa, Wagadu. <laughs> I was going to say, my roommate's from Ghana. Oh. And I was just like, dude, your wizarding school is legit. <laughs> and we were sitting there, like, reading it together. And he's all like, he was like, I always expected it would be something like that. <laughs> I was just like, yes. That's awesome. But, like, I don't know if you guys read it at all, but it's, like, the only address ever given is Mountains of the Moon. And they have an illustration with it. And it just looks like a floating mountain, like, on a cloud. <laughs> Because it's like this really high up mountain and the clouds cover the bottom and it just looks so cool. <laughs> also, they don't use wands there. They use like hand gestures. Which okay. Which is really interesting. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Well, sorry for hijacking the show with Harry <laughs> Potter. <laughs> Craziness. 
Um, I think we're going to go ahead and end it there. I'm positive we're going to talk about Harry Potter more in the future. Um, we're obviously all super excited for the play and the movie. I mean, this is a huge year for Harry Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Comeback year. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. So, um, other than that, uh, we'll go ahead and end there. Uh, you can follow us at Bookstacked. Um, we don't have a Twitter for the show or anything, so just go to Bookstacked's Twitter account. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. Uh, do you guys want to mention where people can find you? Um, okay, I'm on Twitter. I'm, it's uh, Fearless Whovian. F-E-A-R-L-E-S-S-W-H-O-V-I-A-N. Sounds just say hi, you know, if you listen to the show. Have any comments or complaints, I guess. <laughs> yeah, if you disagree with us and our excitement for Harry Potter, feel free. <laughs> feel free to let us know. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Chris M. It's K R I S S S S M. Yes, and you also have a blog. Oh yeah. Which is really cool. You should share that too. <laughs> um, it's simplynicolette.com. And it's just simply, and then Nicolette is N-I-C-O-L-L-E-T-T-E.com. And if you like Christy's reviews on Bookstack, she does a lot more book reviews on her blog as well. I always somehow find myself going to your blog because it's awesome. (laughs) Um, What about you, Mary? Um, You can find me on Twitter at M-K-A-T-E-D-E. And I'm, my Twitter handle is Saulmark, S-A-U-L-M-A-R-Q. So yeah, um, I think we're going to go ahead and end the show there. Um, just to let you know, we are going to do a one more show for February. It's going to be a shorter show, and it's going to be a Glass Sword book review. So like we were talking about earlier, um, Christy and I have been reading Victoria Aveyard's Glass Sword. Uh, we're going to talk about that. I think so far... Us two are going to be on that. I don't know if anybody else will end up reading it before then. I know, like, Michael has read the has read Rip Queen, and he was a fan of the series. So maybe we'll see him. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, it'll just be a really short episode, probably, like, 15 or 20 minutes to discuss our thoughts on the book. Otherwise, we're going to be back in March for Allegiance. Or, yeah, Allegiance. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah. Like we said, we're not done with Allegiant yet. (laughs) (laughs) So thanks for listening, and uh, we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.